In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Can you all believe another Thanksgiving is already here? I cannot. (laughs) When I was growing up, Thanksgiving was one of my favorite times of the year. I didn't have to go to school. The weather was just starting to turn beautiful and cool. We had this big, wonderful meal with all of our family gathered together. We could just relax and watch a movie or a football game. It was great. I've discovered that these nostalgic feelings have kind of evolved a little as I've grown up as well. In this particular year, Thanksgiving, I think, is going to feel a little different, though. School is out for an entire week. Yay! (laughs) For many parents, school's effectively been out for most of the year. Like many of you, we're not going to have a big family get-together this year. It's safer for our parents to stay at home instead of for them to travel to see us. That means we don't need a big turkey and all those heaping bowls of side dishes. Maybe just a turkey breast or a roast chicken this year instead. I think the Thanksgiving Day Parade is going to be like a block long this year. But I guess we still have the dog show to look forward to afterwards. So there's that. It's going to feel a little different this year. It makes me wonder what other kinds of thanksgivings there have been that maybe I wasn't aware of before. The Thanksgiving feast that maybe never came because that family's harvest just didn't come through that year. What of the families who will spend this Thanksgiving in a shelter or with no Thanksgiving meal at all to eat or to share? It'll be different. Turning to the readings that we have been chosen for this day, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians might be seen as somewhat accusing those of getting in life exactly what they deserve. I will say, as an aside, it is always nice when you're preparing a sermon to have the text say so clearly, the point is this. (laughs) I appreciate that, St. Paul. Thank you. He writes, the point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Those are wonderful stewardship words, and certainly reflect our theme for this year's stewardship campaign of planting seeds. But in light of today's feast day, I know that Paul is not accusing people who do not have the things, the bounty that others do, Paul's not accusing them of not trying or of not caring. So instead, Paul must be setting the stage to lead us in some other direction, towards another way of understanding God's abundance, especially in times of need. I wonder instead if this passage could be about us, When I say us, I'm talking about those who should and are able to give abundantly. Perhaps it is a reminder for us, in the midst of everything, to love God. 
because it's out of this love for God that comes our love for our neighbors. And it is out of the love that we have for each other that then causes us to give generously. Paul's taking his listeners on this journey of questioning. Where do we believe that our bread, our seeds for planting, our seeds of life come from? What happens when we do not give or don't plant those seeds? How does what we give to others affect our own relationship with God? Let's begin by first looking at what we have to give and why it is that we give it. If this giving is coming from our hearts, if it is given to glorify God, then that natural outcome of this will be genuine love, not just for God, but for others. We'll experience these good and feeling of emotions, and it's a sense of righteousness and goodness that will then lead us, or then cause us to multiply our efforts even more. It'll be a rendering that sustains us through each harvest year with thankful hearts to God. When we turn to the gospel reading, we encounter Jesus in a different situation. He's continuing on this journey towards Jerusalem. <coughs> Along the way, he encounters these ten lepers. If you remember, lepers were not just sick in their body. They were completely outside of their society. They were deemed to be unclean according to the Jewish law devoid of any type of meaningful human contact at all. So they knew when they saw Jesus, they couldn't approach him. They couldn't even get near him. So instead, from a distance, they shouted him, have mercy on us. Because they knew that somehow that same Jesus, who had healed so many others, could also, might also, just be able to heal them as well. When Jesus hears their cries, he doesn't ask them any questions. He doesn't ask them to confess their faith or ask them how they caught their disease. He tells them to go and show themselves to the priest, who, according to the Jewish law, was the only person who can deem that they were ritually clean and that they could return to their society. Oddly enough, the lepers don't even question Jesus. They do exactly as he says and go. But as they're going, one of them, one of the ten, looks down at his hands and sees, maybe for the first time in a very long time, clean, smooth skin. And unable to contain himself, he turns and runs to Jesus and says, Thank you. This is where Luke tells us so much about God. Because it was this one leper, the Samaritan, a foreigner, who was the only one who recognized Jesus for what he truly is. A window directly into the kingdom of God. Luke is reminding us that Jesus came to our world to bring salvation and healing to everyone, Jew and Gentile, clean, unclean, resident, foreigner. 
To Luke, there is no other in the kingdom of God. And how often is it, I wonder, that a stranger or a guest is the one who points out to us what we have stopped seeing for ourselves? How often is it a stranger who helps us remember why we participate in our ministries? Or a newcomer who hears something we have always heard with new ears or sees with new eyes and says, thank you. How often is it a stranger who reminds us of what it is we have to be thankful for? Isn't that the real reason why we're here this evening? To remember and be reminded of God's grace and bounty in our own lives? It can be easy for us to become like those other nine lepers. They go and do exactly as Jesus says. And they are healed, too. But that's all. Do we follow Jesus because he tells us to? Or because we know it is the right thing to do? Or is it because we see how we have been healed with new eyes? We finally see and know the love that we have, that our sinful and broken bodies are healed and restored by the love of God and are made into the body of Christ that we are. In a few minutes, when we receive the body of Christ into our own, this Eucharistic feast at the altar of God, May we all do so with words of praise on our lips and songs of thanksgiving in our hearts.